Back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, it's the third week in a row we get a victory Monday. How you feeling, buddy? It, it's great that it's starting to feel uh, like commonplace. I mean, that's that winning is right. a, is a Routine now, like it's so uh, it's nice. Uh, you know, obviously the schedule starts to take a turn here uh, these next few weeks, uh, but I, I could not have asked for a better start for the Cowboys. And right now they're playing like one of the better teams in the NFL. Yeah, the Cowboys won thirty-one to six. More importantly, they they covered the twenty-one and twenty-three <laughs> point spread. Uh, I, I know there was a lot of people that were uh, watching that. And actually, just a quick aside, really quickly. Uh, I was writing a piece this morning for bookies.com about that spread, and Vegas got absolutely killed with that one. Because, really? Uh, they were anticipating that a lot of people were going to take the Dolphins plus 23. I think it was like 95% of the bets came in on the Cowboys, uh, and the Cowboys covered the spread. So oh, they just got man. murdered this week on that spread. Well, real quick, real um, quick, I had a buddy, yeah. I had several buddies who hit me up in the DMs before the game that were like, hey, I'm thinking about putting mm-hmm. money on this game. And one of them was a Dolphins fan, I'll say. Uh, and, he, and they were thinking about putting money on the Cowboys side, and they're like, should we do it? And I, to, I told them that I thought that exactly this would happen, that, that they would cover, but it would be late. Uh, right. We kind of talked about yeah. this on the show, right? We kind of thought, you know, it was going to be a first half that was maybe a little sloppy, that the Cowboys would have a small lead, and then in the second half they would open it up, and that's exactly what yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and talk about that, because I want to I start with Dak Prescott. Uh, I wouldn't say this was his best game of the season or his career, but it kind of shows you the standard that we're at with Prescott now. Uh, 19 of 32, 246 yards passing, uh, two passing touchdowns, one interception. Uh, he also added in a rushing touchdown. Finished the game with a pass rating of 91, uh, but his QBR was 84, uh, which was, I think, the second best in the league this week. He still has the highest QBR in the NFL through three weeks. Uh, Prescott took some shots down the field. Some of them were ill-advised. Uh, but I want to know, what were your thoughts on Prescott in this game? Yeah, I think I think they played like a team that was still trying to figure out what they could do against the Miami defense, and I think the Miami defense covered a lot better on the back end, especially in the first half, than they expected. Um, you know, I, I heard somebody, I think it was Mickey Spagnola, say that he spoke to Dak Prescott after the game on that interception, and that he went through all three progressions three times. During, during, while he was standing there. I mean, that's there. incredible. And, that's and, incredible. I, and I think what happened is that he saw two guys open down the field, and when he, th- like, was in the process of, the, of the, throwing the ball, I don't know that he decided which of the two he was throwing the ball to. And it just kind of hung up there, and yeah. I mean, it was just an ill advised throw. He didn't need to make it. Uh, it was def- that play specifically was the worst play I think he's had all season. Yeah. You know, just yeah. really just I- trying to make something out of absolutely nothing. I think you know by the second half they they were he was able to you know like everyone else kind of calm it down and say okay guys we're we're better than this um, but they didn't they didn't uh, I thought that they were going to kind of pull it back by uh, you know by kind of 
be being a more conservative and, and, and like playing and, and there was more, a little bit more running but I, I I love how they were able to continue to attack you know continue to attack down the field uh, and that's how eventually they kind of got themselves out of that you know rut was to continue to attack and and, and then not let up and then eventually you know I think talent evened itself out and that's when the Cowboys started playing better. All right, let's talk a little bit about Amari Cooper because I thought he was fantastic once again. Uh, six receptions for 88 yards, two touchdowns uh, on seven targets. The only the only complaint that I have is he had one drop that would probably have been a 25, 30-yard game. Uh, but he was going against one of the better cornerbacks in the league in Xavier Howard, uh, and it, it wasn't even a fair fight. Cooper was just absolutely dominant. What did you see from the Cowboys' number one receiver? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... He you know, straight up embarrassed Howard at several different points. That that kind of corner, deep out corner route that he ran, which is a crazy long route. Um, he, I, I'm pretty sure Howard just quit on it after he broke back outside because um, he was wide open. I don't know that Howard was trying to catch up to him. I, I mean, I, the the pivot route that looked like it was Cole Beasley running it, except if Cole Beasley was six two two twenty, was absolutely absurd. Insane. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I've, I, I just need to point this out, man. I, I was driving in today and I'm listening to the Ringer podcast and Kevin Clark. Yes, I'm excited for Kevin this. Clark, I, you know, I'm trying to even remember what the context was, but the context was, and he was talking, oh, he was, ta- oh, he was saying, uh, he was talking about how did the Daniel Jones thing, it, it, you know, if they did all this stuff, it, it, is it, is it going to help prolong it's good, but is it going to help prolong a, 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 a coaching staff in a, a front office that is, you know, media, you know, mediocre? And then implied that, you know, it's like the Cooper trade. It's like, yeah, maybe it's okay, and maybe it, did, you know, did some things for the Cowboys, but is it going to prolong things? I mean, look at the numbers and look at this team since since Cooper's been on this team. Yeah, this absolutely. is not a middling, a middle of the road team. All right, they have. You know they've gone through and they they've lost two games, isn't that right? Two games since they've gotten Cooper, yeah. and then the playoff game. Like it's absolutely absurd that that people are not viewing this now as not only just a, a, a huge win for the Cowboys, but one of the best midseason trades of an offensive player in, in NFL history. Like right, and I I remember saying at the time if Amari Cooper, I don't even care about his stats, but if Amari Cooper improved Dak Prescott's play. You know, even from, I think he had a pass rating of like 90 or 92 to 97 or 98, brought up his yards per attempt. That in itself was worth it. I mean, you look at, you know, the amount of wins that they have with Cooper now and how hard they are to defend. I don't know how anybody can criticize the trade. Just really quickly, Prescott in 12 games with Amari Cooper in the regular season. 72% completion percentage, 28 touchdowns, uh, 3,300 passing yards, a pass rating of 109. Averaging over eight yards an attempt, an adjusted yards per attempt of 8.7. I mean, it, it, you can make a case other than Patrick Mahomes, no quarterback has been better than Dak Prescott since they acquired Amari Cooper. And that in itself is why the trade was worth multiple first-round picks. But, you I mean, only having to give up one is, is insane. Uh, you know, I'll quote dog rates. The trade's good, Brent. Like, I mean, yeah. what, I don't know yeah. what else to tell you. Like, if you just go look at the numbers, and you know, you can him and haw about because you had a take that was bad originally, but it's kind of hard to look at this situation and think, 
you know, I don't. I guess the Cooper thing's okay. Give me a break. Like yeah, he's playing, it's he's ridiculous. playing incredible, and the Dak Prescott is playing at an MVP level since he's been on the team. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick, quick break, and we'll come back and we'll talk about that Cowboys two-headed rushing duo that they had on Sunday. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program, you can attend the concert or show of your choice and earn credit towards your next live event. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section in row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seats Rewards. For the month of September, earn double credit back from 10 to 16% on all of your purchases through the Vivid Seats app. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program now. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. All right, Landon, um, we talked about this on our preview show last week, that we wanted to see a game where the Cowboys could, you know, maybe feature a little bit of Tony Pollard in the second half, uh, and that's exactly what we got. Ezekiel Elliott uh, finished the game with 19 carries for 125 yards and no touchdowns. He actually had, I think, two runs called back because of penalty. Yeah. They think away, took away like 33 rushing yards, so could have been even a bigger day for Elliott. Uh, but then Tony Pollard, 13 carries for 103 yards, averaged eight yards a carry and a touchdown. Uh, talk about those two running backs and what you saw from both Elliott and Pollard. I mean, it, yeah, it starts up front. I mean, first of all, the the blocking up front was fantastic for these guys, but I, I think both of them were running uh, excellent all day, and I think, you know, different ways. You saw Elliott. Elliott's vision is unbelievable. His, his ability to uh, uh, get you know, outside and, and, and see the, the best way that this, to be able to read the block, the, the individual blocks that the offensive linemen are making and then see the leverage that they have on the defensive linemen and then use that to his advantage. You know, I mean, just taking it outside when the hole is supposed to be here, but the defensive lineman has occupied the, the location. Um, you know, he's just so decisive and his vision is just makes him very, very hard to, to tackle him. I mean, we don't really need to break news about Ezekiel Elliott here. Um, you know, Tony Pollard, I think, is right. just his speed, his explosiveness. I mean, his ability to see the hole, get through it, cut back inside, and work in traffic. You know, work. Just he's one of those players who can change direction slightly without losing speed, and that's so dangerous. Like when you have the ball in your hands. Um, and so I, I think it was just interesting to see both of them kind of get an opportunity. This is the kind of thing that. You know, you know, gives you hope that that as the season goes on, you know, you're going to be able to have both of these guys fresh. I mean, if you, I don't know that this is going to be a typical, uh, you know, distribution of carries. I mean, I don't know that you're going to see Paul no, get 13 no. carries in a regular game, but uh, I do think that the fact that you can give Pollard the ball and not, you know, and, and he can excel, not just you know get by, it, it bodes well for having uh, you know some. 
running game strength as the season goes on because you're able to kind of spread that load out a little bit. And, you know, even Zeke at times, it feels like, you know, as the end of the season gets close, it, it, he's kind of has the tail off because it's just been so, so many touches and right. so long. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe this year will be different because now you've got Pollard, uh, to kind of help carry that load. Yeah, I love the way that the Cowboys are using Elliott. And I, we'll see how, you know, long this continues because there's going to be games that are closer and the Cowboys are going to have a tendency to pound Zeke. But you know, you're looking at, uh, was it 19 carries this week? I think he had 21 last week. Even in the way they used him at the end of the season last year, uh, you know, 18 carries against Tampa Bay, 18 against Indianapolis, uh, 23 against New Orleans. I think that's kind of the right number. I don't think you want to get him in the upper 28, 29, 30 like we saw, you know, in previous seasons. I think the Cowboys know that they need to kind of manage him throughout the season. And we're not talking about holding him to 10, 12 touches. We're just trying to make it so he's not getting 400 touches a season, you know, 350 yeah. carries. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that makes sense for not only Elliott, but also for Pollard and the rest of the Cowboys offense because it's pretty clear that Tony Pollard has a lot of, uh, a lot of skill. Um, really quickly, I want to talk about the offensive line. Um, I thought they were fantastic, but I wanted to mention Lyle Collins. Uh, once again, I thought he was dynamic. He was fantastic. I, in both the run and pass game, I, I thought he was incredible. I think you can make the case that he's been the team's best offensive lineman through three weeks. He looks so much more comfortable at right tackle this year compared to previous seasons. How big uh, is it for the Cowboys to have Collins playing at this level right now? Oh, it's huge. I mean, you know, look, I mean, I think, again, and the fact that you're – the fact that your 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 floor on your offensive line is so high. I mean, again, it's not about the ceiling of, of the five players. It's about the floor of the worst, you know, of the worst of your five players. Uh, and I think that Lael Collins being at such a high level, and 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 really, it's just now about getting Connor Williams better and better each week. And he's been really good too. I mean, I think he's had he had a holding call that was kind of dubious, and then I, I thought you know he's played he's, fair. he's yeah. played well for the most part. I think you know all of that makes a huge difference. I mean, there's a reason that I mean, Dak had too much time in the pocket. That was one of the reasons he threw an interception. It's it's very true. That's something right there. If he didn't have that much time, he would have thrown the ball away. Right. Yeah. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about the defense Mm -hmm. because I I think the the offense is clicking at a level that we've never seen before. Um, Depending on what side you are on the Cowboys today. Uh, some people thought the defense played really well. Some people thought they were maybe bailed out by some mistakes from the Dolphins, including a missed field goal. A, I, I don't even want to say a drop by Preston Williams because I think Awuzie did a good job of giving that yeah. ball out. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about this defense because some people are concerned when we play better teams. You know, you play Aaron Rodgers coming up. Uh, New Orleans' offense is still playing pretty well despite not having Drew Brees. That things could get tough. Uh, what did you see from the Cowboys' defense in Week Three? Well, things are going to get tough. I mean, that's the NFL. <laughs> you know, I think the, the thing is, is that, you know, I think people have and have still managed to hold on to some kind of unrealistic expectations on what good defense is in modern NFL football. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know the analytics on it, but I, I think if you were to examine how much of, defense even affects their own outcomes i would say it's you know less than 50 percent you know they they, i think offense because of the way that the 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 game is made is is you know constructed now with the rule book 
the offense is the one that really can kind of dictate what is actually the result on the field. Now, there are times, there are things that the that can happen that um, that you, the defense obviously has moments to make plays. They have moments to affect the play, and uh, you know it's, that's not. It's not like the defense can't do anything. But I think this idea that um, that, they, that the, the Dolphins weren't going to move the ball at all. I mean, they scored six points. You know, it's like they the, the Cowboys did what they needed to do. I think even if you go back and watch the previous last three weeks, uh, you know it's this. Even when they're they're being embarrassed, the first half of the Dolphins seem pretty competitive, and then by the by, by the second half, it's it's over. I think for the Cowboys, you know, look, they didn't have Don, they didn't have uh, Xavier Woods, um, and the guys that are the talented players on this team, you know, each kind of made plays. I mean, Preston Williams. And and uh, Devontae Parker, Devontae Parker yeah. are both guys who have a lot of talent but don't have a lot of consistency. Uh, and I think that's what you saw. I mean, you saw De- Devontae Parker make an incredible one-handed grab up the field. You saw him make an incredible above his you know head catch on a broken play where Rosen got the ball up high. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that kind of stuff happens, and and I think those were the kind of that's how they were moving the ball was through chunk plays at times that I feel like, you know, sometimes it just it happens. They need to cut down on that kind of thing, and they did in the second half. But I don't. I, I certainly don't feel like it was a bad performance, like you know, top to bottom on the whole. I, I they could definitely they definitely needed to clean some things up early on. But you know, look, it, it they're not like they won thirty one to six. It, these other games ahead of us are going to be. A lot closer than this, and, and people are going to have to, you know, physically be able to survive them. You need to understand that the, that it's this is they're going to. There's lots of yards that are going to be put up against this defense. The, the the way they are measuring what is good is points. That is the measurement. And right now sure. they're number five in the NFL in points allowed. So I think that they're doing pretty good. Yeah, I think as a whole, as a unit, they were good yesterday. Um, I think. There are some things to be concerned about with specific players, and maybe that's why people are a little bit pessimistic about this defense going forward. But as a unit, I thought they played well. Uh, let's take one more quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about a couple of those defenders who are maybe struggling a little bit. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is I don't always know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win and they pay. It's that simple. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. If you join now, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code Locked On to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. 
All right, Landon, we had a little bit of a debate uh, on Twitter during the game yesterday about Jalen Smith. Um, I, I kind of think he's struggled over the last couple games, and if you go back to the playoff game against the Rams, I think he's had a tough four-game stretch. Am I concerned about him long-term? No, I just don't think he's playing the same caliber of football now that he played maybe mid-season last year. Um, what are your thoughts on Jalen Smith and his game against the Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't see that as much. I mean, I, I think I think there's been times when early on, you know, he struggled with with tackling, but I think so did Layton, so did a lot of these guys. Um, I, I think, you know, there were a couple plays early on where he, you know, got – he, he that I think the defensive tackle play wasn't great, and he was getting you know, having to sort through a lot of trash. And he was he even had made improvements on that since the previous weeks. But I, I think that there are a lot of things that Jalen does that are unconventional that are valuable to this defense. And I, you know, I talked about one of them last night. I mean, I think his use as a blitzer was one of the reasons they were able to get free on a sack. Uh, you know, he does things as a, as a pass rusher that are not you know normally part of the kind of job description for a linebacker. I, I think I think Jalen Smith has a ton of value as a playmaker, as a as a kind of catalyst on this defense. I mean, does that mean that he's uh, clean on every play? No. It's it's not. And sometimes that, that aspect can go up and down and when he's at his best, he's an explosive playmaker and he's a, a very clean player. Uh, but I, I don't, you know, I don't think he's, he's not a liability. I mean, he's, he, I want him on the field. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't call him a liability. But here, okay, here's my takeaways from what I've seen so far. Uh, there's been too many missed tackles, and I think you would even, you know, agree with that. There was a couple times yesterday where Kenyon Drake got him in the middle of the field, and it was just There bad. was two times uh, that Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I mean. One, one, well, actually, one of them was Devontae Parker, and it was, when, okay. he, when he caught the ball, and, and, you know, let's, let's be honest, it's a wide receiver running the route in the middle of the field, and the other one, you know, Kenyon Drake is, you know, he's, he's an explosive, explosive running back. Sure. So, it's not but, surprising. It, it, and that's fine. Um, but I remember having a conversation this offseason about Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, and we basically said that Van Der Esch is your safer linebacker, right? He's going to be the one making a lot of the tackles, you know, three, four yards down the field. He's not going to miss many. Smith is going to be the one making your explosive plays, and that actually, um, you know, came out well when you look at, like, EPA. Uh, I know we talked to Daniel Houston at Cowboy Stats about this. Uh, Jalen made a, a, a ridiculous amount of explosive plays, plays behind the line of scrimmage, uh, stops on third down. I just think through three games we haven't really seen many of those yet. In fact, I, I'm trying to think of one right now. I guess I can. The, the fumble yesterday, that, that was an example of one explosive play that Jalen made. I think he caused that fumble that, that Malik Collins got. He, he, okay. I mean, you go watch what he did to the blocking scheme. By He basically took on three offensive linemen at one point. And that's, yeah. and that's and that's what we need to see from Jalen, right? He, I don't think he has to be as consistent in terms of making all those tackles, but he has to be a playmaker. He has to be creating pressures and um, blowing up things behind the line of scrimmage. I, I, we, I just don't think we've seen it as consistently as we saw last year. It, am I wrong there? I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think that we haven't really seen – we have I don't know we we haven't really seen a lot of offense from the other teams you know like I just think 
I don't know. I, I just I, I think this, it's a small sample size. And next week will be a better test, right? We'll get to see him against Alvin Kamara and those kind of players in a in a in a. I don't want to say a must win game, but a prime time game against a really good team. I think. If he struggles in that game, I think I'll be really concerned. But I do think because it's you know it's been a lot of games where they've been up by double digits, it hasn't been that important, right? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's it's easier for him to kind of show what what's going on when it's a tighter game. I, I think that's I think that's fair. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. 